Hi, everybody. This is your host, Erin M. Wright, for Flash Fiction Stories. I wanted to start off this podcast by introducing you to myself through my writing. So I'm going to be reading a few chapters from my first book, The Game Changer. I hope you enjoy. The Game Changer, written by Aaron M. Wright. The Introduction. Miss, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you, but the woman behind me needs to get to her seat, the flight attendant said as she raised her arm in the direction of the empty window seat next to me. Quickly but discreetly, the flight attendant darted her eyes back at the impatiently waiting white woman with gaudy jewelry and a huge rock on her finger. I slowly raised my never full bag from the seat beside me and pulled down my oversized Chanel frames to check out the woman disturbing my train of thought. This day could not get any worse. It's bad enough I have to fly seven hours by myself but now I'm stuck to this stuck next to this woman who looks like she is bursting at the seams with snobby rich people problems. Well, I just love your sunglasses. Do you mind me asking where you bought them? I haven't seen those at Barney's, the white woman gushed. I bought them in Lyon, France, I murmured, taking a huge sip of Riesling. Excuse me. I will have what she is drinking, please. It looks so refreshing, she beamed as she fiddled with her designer necklaces. I did not want a pissing contest with this woman, but I could tell I intrigued her. There was enough on my mind and I wanted to get drunk and sleep through the entire flight. I had not shut my eyes in 24 hours. I love your chains, they're so, sh they're so chic, I managed to say. I was exhausted, but apparently my response seemed somewhat inviting. I could tell this woman needed this chat with me as much as I needed another glass of wine. So, where are you from, darling? You look so young to be traveling all the way to Milan by yourself, she politely interrogated. As I gathered my thoughts to answer, I could see a cloud of questions forming over her head. I paused for a moment and waited for the shower of inquiries to rain down. Before I could answer her first question, she was already making her way through her second and third. Your complexion is gorgeous. I hope you don't mind me asking your ethnicity. What is it? Let me guess. Brazilian? Wait, you're going to Milan. Are you Italian? Is that your hair? It's simply beautiful. I don't see too many women with a curl pattern like that. The middle-aged woman finally took a sip out of her glass and her eyes narrowed in, awaiting a response. I took a deep breath and began a conversation I was dreading to have in the first place. Thank you for the compliments. My name is Casey. I'm American. I'm not mixed with anything. Well, I guess I'm mixed with white somewhere down the line. Aren't all black people? I grinned, sipping my wine, knowing she was crawling with discomfort in the seat next to me. 
The woman gulped her wine and signaled for another. <clears throat> well, yes, honey, I guess you're right. All of us have a mix of something somewhere down the line. I think she started to realize I was a bit offended by her comments. Uh, I'm sorry if I rubbed you the wrong way, honey. You must get a lot of questions along those lines, she whispered in an empathetic tone. I sighed, disgusted with myself for acting like a bitch to this woman, but quite frankly, I just wasn't in the mood. I was up all night making final changes to my latest blog post on, the, on last night's basketball game. My guilty conscience slowly ate away at my soul, finally convincing me to continue the conversation with her. After all, she was trying to be nice. I'm sorry for coming off like a bitch. Excuse my French. I blurted out as I motioned for my third glass of wine. Well, the great thing about first the first class trip to Milan is you have a stranger to talk to and a glass that should never be empty. My name is Ruth McGee. My third husband just died and I have a bratty daughter. She's about your age and she is spoiled rotten. I have some business to tend to in Milan. I go back and forth quite often. Ruth seemed like an open book. I guess I'm not the only one having a rough day, I thought out loud. Taking a deep breath, I spoke again. I'm just, I'm sorry. I run my own blog. I cover style and basketball. Oh, right, a blog. But basketball and style are your topics? Forgive me, but that sounds odd, she said. Well, I used to play basketball, and my boyfriend is a professional basketball player. Since he turned pro, I started blogging about his games. And I recently added a style section because I fell in love with European fashion. Now, that's interesting. You two seem like quite the couple traveling the world and such. Ruth gave me a genuine smile, and I immediately felt comfortable with her. I guess, I replied. We met when we were teenagers, working out at the same gym. And, well, and I jumped on a plane because I thought he was cheating on me, I said, as my words tripped over one, of, one another. Hot, angry tears trickled past my cheek at a fast pace, waiting for days to be released. Before I could grab my bag to search for a tissue, Ruth was warmly smiling, extending an expensive handkerchief. I smiled and gladly received the kind gesture. Oh, honey, I've been down this road before. You heard me say third husband, right? My first one, I love with all my heart. We got married young, too young really. And that's my daughter's father. Unfortunately, we grew apart. My second husband was the rich one, the rich cheating husband. After that marriage, I could have become a detective. After his fourth affair, I had to call it quits. I got smart and married an old man. He was so sweet and too damn old to cheat. He didn't have the energy for it, she chuckled. For the first time in a few days, I laughed. I laughed so hard, I began to cry again. I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't get it together, and I usually can shake things pretty easily, I cried. 
we are all so put together until something we have loved for so long may seem tainted. Keep drinking. Wine may not solve your problems in the long run, but you'll have a hell of a great buzz in the meantime. I agreed with Ruth's logic. I may not know if Chris is cheating on me, but I do know this Riesling will keep me occupied until we land. Ruth and I talked throughout the night as we flew across the Atlantic Ocean. She reminisced on her college days at Georgetown, Chris's alma mater. From waking up in the middle of Red Square after a night full of drinking at a pub on M Street to her walk of shame from a young suitor's apartment, who shall remain nameless, to her messy dorm room in Copley Hall. My stomach ached from laughing at every one of her wonderful memories, but her stories only made me think of him even more. I remember driving 50 minutes every other day from my college in Baltimore to stay in his dorm. How did I end up sitting next to this person, a woman who graduated from the same school as my boyfriend? I was trying to get him off my mind. Now the only thing I could do was think about his ass. After my fifth glass of wine and my 10th juicy basketball groupie story, Ruth tapped out. Her hostile laugh soon turned into a raging snore. I giggled and whispered to myself, old bird couldn't hang with me. I closed my eyes and for a few short moments, I was at peace. Ciao, Bella, the skinny Italian flight attendant said as she gushed over the little girl in the seat in front of me. My head was pounding from the wine, but to my surprise, I looked over to my right only to see Ruth bright-eyed and with a fresh face of makeup. She had two deliciously piping hot cups of coffee and eight bright orange pills in a shallow plastic cup. One for you, my dear, and four of these little gems, she said as she equally divided the pills. Excuse me, sir. May my dear friend and I have two glasses of sparkling water to get rid of our horrible headaches, Ruth asked the flight attendant as she flashed a smile. She had a knack for charming people. I could tell this much already. Why for, Ruth? I could barely get my question out. I cleared my throat again. The thumping in my head was at an all-time high. Well, I usually have a rule, one Motrin per drink, but things got a little out of hand yesterday and we were probably overdosed if we followed that rule, honey. She laughed, nudging my shoulder. So I figured we should stick with the four drinks we could recall. Cheers. We toasted our coffee mugs and down the pills. The flight was almost over and I couldn't help but imagine what Chris had been doing for the past two months. This was our third season together in Europe. We have never been apart this long during his professional career. His rookie year, we lived in France. The next season, Israel. Now he was playing in Italy. During our first time in France, we were in a small town and Chris's team was awful. So I created a blog to rant about the terrible basketball I was being forced to witness. My blog caught on like wildfire. I got so much feedback that I had to keep it going. 
Eventually, I added a fashion section because some of the female readers thought my sports blog was kind of boring. Three years and a hundred and hundreds of thousands of hits later, I was making money reviewing basketball games and the latest fashion trends. Last summer, Chris signed his contract and quickly left for Europe. Since I had to pack up our apartment, I decided to cover some American basketball games for my blogs. Europe was a big market for me, but I wanted to tap into America's market and hopefully Chris would make it back to playing in the professional leagues in the States. Darling, Ruth said as she interrupted my deep thought by stroking her freshly manicured finger through my long black curls and placing one behind my ears if I was her child. I looked up, brows still furrowed, and jaw tightly clenched. I'm only telling you this because I feel a, str a strong connection between us, and I believe we ended up on this flight next to each other for a reason, she explained. I smiled and nodded. So what I'm about to say is coming from a good place. You look like shit, love, Ruth whispered, making sure the nosy man behind us did not hear. I was slightly offended, but her delivery was amusing. She flashed her cosmetic mirror my way. My curls were matted down, my eyes had circles around them, and my lips were nice and crusty. Ruth was right. I looked like I had a rough couple days. There was one hour left in the flight, just the right amount of time for me to get my life together, or at least my face. I locked the bathroom door, cracked open my toiletry bag, and got to work, starting with picking the crud from the corner of my eyes. I was never really into makeup, but I looked a complete mess, so I wanted to pump it up a notch. Besides, I was going to Milan. I lined my lower lids with a smoky charcoal liner and jazzed up my lashes with some mascara. I stroked my brows with the tiny brush and lined my lips with red pencil and finished off the look with ruby red lipstick. I looked in the mirror, pinched my cheeks a few times and checked for blemishes. To my surprise, I didn't have a single splotch. Throwing some water in my hair to redefine my curls, I murmured, maybe today would be a better day than the ones before. I made it back to my seat just in time to fasten my seatbelt and, and, and enjoy a little fresh fruit before we landed. Now, there's a woman no man could ever resist, Ruth smiled and winked as she finished giving herself a fierce plum-colored lip. After our seven-hour journey, I found a new friend in this over-the-top blonde-haired, 50-something-year-old white woman who looked like she used expensive toilet paper. I smiled and winked back at Ruth. No man could resist this blonde with a matte lip either, I said. Ruth giggled and blushed as I nudged her shoulder. Oh, honey, we are one in the same. How long are you going to stay in Milan, she asked. Well, I don't know. If things go well between Chris and me, I'll stay the whole season. So the season usually lasts around nine months, I explained. Isn't that exciting? 
traveling to a new place each season, exploring the world. It will work out for you and Chris. I have a gut feeling and my gut got me a nice piggy bank. But that's a story for another night. Ruth smiled. I was truly going to miss Ruth. Our flight from D.C. to Milan was only seven hours, but it was seven hours I never knew I needed so much. As the plane came to a head, I gathered my journal, tablet, phone, and passport and shoved them into my bag. Ruth did the same with her belongings, and she had already begun flagging down an attendant to retrieve her bags from the overhead compartment. In my mind, I was reviewing how I was going to play these next few days with Chris. Ruth's wise input drastically changed my original plan, which was to come in guns blazing and fuck some shit up. But I was not completely sure he was cheating. We've been together for so long, and I wasn't sure I wanted to end things just yet. Chris was acting oddly before he left for for Italy. I could not believe he signed a contract without saying a word to me. My calm thoughts took a dark turn into a thunderstorm of doubt. Casey, have you not learned anything from our trip? Ruth scolded as she rushed, rushed me through the narrow aisles toward the opening of the airplane. I took one look at you and could tell what you were thinking. You've got to stop showing your cards, hun. Have you ever played poker? Per usual, Ruth was right. My furrowed brow and pursed lips said it all, yet again. The moment Chris sees me, he will know something is wrong, or he'll automatically get defensive. I needed him to be open to a conversation and in a good mood so I could figure out what the hell was going on. The line for customs was conveniently fast. I bid my new friend farewell. We exchanged numbers and emails and parted ways at the luggage carousel. It was barely eight in the morning, but Milan was already bright, shiny, and bustling. Instead of catching a cab to his apartment, I decided to take the train into the city. Chris had a game today and did not need me as a distraction. The train into the city was a quick one. Once I got off, my stomach released an embarrassing growl. I headed up to the nearest cafe for a cappuccino and pastry, the typical European breakfast. After a few sips of sweet, frothy cappuccino, I grabbed my tablet and connected to the cafe Wi-Fi. Hi, Mom. I made it. Chris and I are grabbing breakfast before he goes to his walkthrough with his team before the game. I'm pretty pooped from the flight. I will give you a call before the game. I love you and kiss dad for me. I apologize aloud before sending the text message, but there was no way I was telling my mom I came to Milan to catch Chris cheating. Even though I hated lying to my mom, I knew I had to because she just worried way too much. I had to give her some peace of mind. After I paid my bill, I headed out to the crowded, infamous Duomo. There were people everywhere. Shifting in and out of the crowd, I managed to find a corner next to a store that no one was occupying. 
I took a minute to gather myself and began to strategize. I needed a hotel if I was going to do this right. Without Chris suspecting anything. I had to be sharp. Just in case he wasn't cheating, I needed to be able to play this off somehow as if I was here really to just surprise him. My heart jumped into my throat. I was playing with fire, but I could not ignore the signs. As my thoughts got the best of me, I waved down a taxi and hopped in. Are there any hotels near the basketball arena? I asked, hoping the driver spoke some English. He quickly turned around and glanced at my bare ring finger while looking me up and down and smirked. Yes, there are a few. Are you here for the game tonight? Do you have a husband on the other team? He questioned, but I could already tell he formulated an impression of me. Uh, no. My boyfriend plays for Milan. Chris Wright? The playmaker? I said, instantly regretting opening my big mouth. I remembered I was not supposed to be here. And here I was, already telling on myself. Numero undici? The taxi driver screamed in excitement. I love that guy. I'm happy he's here with us. Milano needs a great playmaker, and he will be the biggest asset for the team this season. His attitude toward me instantly changed. He started up his car and quickly took off into the flow of traffic. Clearly, he was a big basketball fan. He raved about Chris as he effortlessly navigated through the roundabouts. I noticed him looking down at his phone and then back at me. Aspetta, wait a minute. You're Casey, you're his Casey, longtime girlfriend from high school. You two met playing basketball, right? I smiled, yes, that's me. I see you read his bio on the website. No, no, no. He was on television last night and he spoke about your blog. My son and I watched his interview. He is such a good man, you know. He said he was nervous because you weren't here and wouldn't be at the games for the first half of the season. He said that you two have a uh, connection on the court. So it would, be hard, it would be hard for him, but he would figure out how to adjust without you. But now you're here in my taxi and he needs you. And we need a championship for Milan, the driver said, turning all the way around in his, in his seat as we stopped at the red light. How sweet. That doesn't sound like a cheating man, right? I asked myself. It was as if one part of me was trying to convince the other that Chris was not cheating, but then the other side stuck to her guns. An uneasy feeling remained in my gut. I smiled at the driver. He slammed on the gas and took off down the road. His question continued, questions continued, but I didn't mind. He, give, he had given me hope that Chris was indeed the man I thought he was and that his sudden signing to Milan was nothing more than a last minute basketball decision. As we neared the hotel, the driver picked my brain about basketball and what I thought about this year's team. When we pulled up to, a, to the small antique looking hotel, 
He refused to take any of my money. He wished me luck. And I remembered I had a Georgetown hat in my bag. I fished it out and begged him to take the cab. He was so happy with my gift. He gave me his card and told me to call him whenever I needed a ride. Walking up the narrow, shallow steps to the hotel entrance, I looked to my right and saw the arena in the short distance. After checking in and dumping my bags on the bed, I got undressed and turned the water on, scolding hot to wash away my long journey from America. I stood directly under the shower head as each drop of water stung my skin in the most painfully relaxing way. Taking in a long, deep breath with the steam from my piping hot shower, I felt some slight relief. Slowly rubbing my mini bar of soap against my loofah, I thought about Ruth and the taxi cab driver. Somehow those two strangers appeared in my life at the right time, reassuring me of my longtime relationship because Lord knows I was more doubtful than ever. The time was noon and the game was set to begin at six. Severely jet lagged, I crawled into the bed with wet hair, snuggled under the covers, and I rubbed my lonely feet against one another. I began to laugh at myself because Chris hated when I did that to him. But rubbing my feet on Chris was the only way I would ever comfortably fall asleep. There was no doubt I missed him. But until I could figure out what was going on, I had to remain out of sight. If you're interested to see what happens to Casey after she lands in Milan, make sure you check back next week for chapter one.